time is it? It's Clean Comedy Time! Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today our guest is Gary Augustine. Gary makes his home in beautiful Kalamazoo, Michigan. He is a West Michigan-based comedian lives there with his lovely wife, Christine, and been married for about two years. We are delighted to have him on the show. We are going to talk to him about the good, the bad, and the funny. Um, pretty obsessed with food. I love food. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that the Netflix movie Bird Box was a KFC $5 fill-up. <laughs> I thought... Um, even though I love food, though, I'm a terrible cook. And this is evidenced by the fact that all my friends always ask me to bring ice as my cover dish. <laughs> the church potluck. Oh, Gary Augustine joined us at a church show that we had with Clean Comedy Time. It was uh, one of the first times that we were able to do something outside of uh, Dr. Grin's Comedy Club. We were at uh, Voyage Church. And Gary, thank you for being on the show and thank you for being on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's delighted to have you here. Uh, I gotta wonder uh, if you've got that uh, that ice as your covered dish joke in your back pocket. <laughs> do you do enough church shows where the that's really going to land well? It is. It uh, I use it. You know, I can I do it at church potlucks. I can do it at any potluck. Actually, any place where I'm invited <laughs> to cook. <laughs> One of those diverse jokes. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, so ice is pretty universal and uh, works well in just about any potluck that you want to bring it to. Tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Gary, uh, we uh, were able to share the stage a few times at a variety of different uh, open mics and other shows there. But we also uh, last time I saw you uh, just as um, the covid lockdown was starting at uh, Laugh Fest here in Grand Rapids, and uh, you and I both did the Young at Heart Showcase. That's correct. Yeah, we did. Uh, it was actually, I think, the last official night of Laugh Fest before they shut it down for COVID. And I had done one previous show, I think, a couple nights before that as well. So yeah, it was it was actually the last time I've actually done live comedy. Yeah, that's that's kind of right where I am too. Is uh, we're hitting that six month, eight, seven month mark. Gosh, I'm losing track of time. Of course. Yeah, six months, three days, two hours. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got a you got a lock on it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of running clock. So, uh, Gary, we're not able to do stand up. Um, what are you doing? Uh, uh, if I remember correctly, you were starting a new job uh, right about the time that uh, Laugh Fest was going on. I was. Uh, I started a new job that was that took me to Illinois, and was actually planning on moving. And so I, I took my new role, and within two weeks, uh, I had come back to to do the performance at Laugh Fest on the Thursday night. And did not have not returned for six months. So, uh, COVID has uh, the position has allowed me to work from home. And so, a couple months into my job, I asked uh, my employer if it would be okay if I could go ahead and start working from home and do that on a long term basis uh, for a period of time. And they agreed to that. So, I am back in Michigan and uh, trying to awkward, awkwardly figure out whether or not I need to return the gifts that were given to me on my going away party. I mean, it's just, 
is there some kind of rule there? You know, like, is it like a $50 max or something? If you guys could help me out on that, that would be appreciative because some yeah. of the people kind of feel like it's a little awkward. Just, uh, just send them all to uh, clean comedy time located here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we will figure out what needs to be returned and kept. <laughs> yeah. Just make sure you wipe them down first. Um, and, uh, maybe, maybe not, uh, put it, put it in the mail until, uh, after early November, just uh, <laughs> take the load off there. It'd be fine. Yeah, I think I'll put, I'll just use these, uh, you know, the sanitation wipes and I'll, they're mostly gift cards. So um, I'll oh. use the sanitation wipes and it'll wipe off the coat on the back and it'll Perfect. serve, kill two birds with one stone. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of that right away then. That'd be great. Thank you. You stayed home. You, uh, you're in the, the Kalamazoo Portage area. Um Christine and you, uh, you've got kids. What, what's, uh, what's the family life like at this time? Well, we were empty nesters before. So most of our kids were spread out, you know, all over the country. Uh, but we have not, I also have two grandchildren as well. So it's been a bit challenging. My mother, uh, was also hospitalized during this time. So it, oh. it, we couldn't see her, uh, for a couple of weeks that she was in the hospital. So it was a bit challenging, uh, you know, as everything else is, is just, uh, I'm fairly socially wired, so it's been a bit of a challenge. I think uh, on the positive side, though, my plants in the house have never looked better. <laughs> um, my old, my bigger plant, Robert, um, is doing really well, and uh, my dogs, you know, don't have to ask me to how my day has gone now when I come home. And, you know, it's just, I think there's some, you know, some positive signs to it, but it's been, it's been tough, you know, with the, with the isolation and I miss uh, the interaction of a live crowd, you know, sure. With well, the fact that you named your plant, Robert, uh, tells me all I need to know about how much you're missing live comedy. Actually, that name came from a colleague on a Zoom call. So every time, <laughs> every time I get on a Zoom call, this, this corn plant is in my background. And uh, they were, they were getting on me at first because it was fairly wilted, you know, it kind of yellowed around the edges. And they were, they were very harsh to me in terms of how I would, you know, they were going to call social services on me because it was really starting to get quite ugly. And so I trimmed it up and I told it I loved it and have been talking to it every day and it's really come along. So they decided to name it Robert um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think once the PPS uh, call gets threatened, the, the plant protective services, of course. Uh, yes, that's right. They're, they're, uh, you you got to shape up at that point. I'm glad that um, you didn't have to get to a rock bottom moment there and do it. That's uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to hear that. Uh, so, uh, your wife, Christine, uh, was she working? Is she able to work? Uh, what, what's, uh, what's going on with her? Well, she's, she has uh, a couple of roles. She works for the Portage Public School System, but then also mm. she is a fitness instructor. And oh. so that has been a bit of a challenge for her because <laughs> obviously they've shut the gyms down. Yeah. So she's been doing some instruction outside, uh, in parking lots and, you know, Terrific. and things like that. But it's, uh, you know, wherever she can do it, she'll do it because she's kind of cooped up and really wants to really wants to get out there and and interact with people and, and exercise. But uh, that that's been a challenge because, like I said, they're they're not most of the gyms are still not open in Michigan um, completely yet uh, or at all. And, or off uh, and on or yeah, right. Under so that's, that's been a challenge to, for her to be able to do that, but she's doing a lot of zoom, learning a lot of technology and, and, uh, trying to, uh, communicate and do fitness with, with her following as best she can. Oh, 
Oh, good for her. Uh, it was always uh, fun talking to her at uh, some of the shows that uh, you and I ha- have done. Uh, glad to hear she's doing well. And um, and you, wh- how how are you? Um, I mean, you're working, but how are you spending your time? Uh, are you writing? Are you? Are you? I mean, you're you're taking care of Robert, of course, and the the dogs are 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 not lonely. But uh, um, you, did you gain a bunch of weight, or did you lose a bunch of weight, or did what what happened there? Um, <laughs> yes. To both, um, same, same, yeah. Same it's uh, it's a roller coaster. I think most of my weight gain came from my hair, though, um, in terms oh, of the fact yeah. that we couldn't, you know, couldn't get a haircut. So uh, I think there was quite a bit of weight gain there. But mostly, you know, it's the ups and downs. And of course, when you work from home, your hair has <laughs> got to get pretty long for it to actually weigh out on the scales. <laughs> Well, when you consider I don't have much, you know, anything kind of tips the scales a little bit. Um, but no, I think uh, it, it it has cycled a bit. And so I think one of the most important things I've learned is I think a lot of people have from working at home is, you know, you need to have your distinct times where you, you get up and you move around and you exercise, you take the dogs for a walk, you you try to um, schedule time when you're working and try to schedule time away. So there's a lot of learnings that I've gotten, you know, from working at home. And, and so exercise is a part of that. And with a, a wife as a fitness instructor, um, mm. there's never, there's never a shortage of, of comments, um, related to any, <laughs> any lack of exercise that I might have. Have you got up today? Have you, <laughs> you know, eat your salad, eat your, you know, eat your vegetables, all those kinds of things. So, continue to happen but you know when she comes home um you know she checks on how much exercise i've had and i don't have a fitbit or anything like that i was Uh, i was just gonna ask has she assigned you a fitbit yet or no my my you know my fitbit is my belt um i mean that's what i use as my fitbit you know that when when it starts to get a little tight around the uh, around the uh the waistline then i know that you know, my numbers on my Fitbit are a bit low. So that's kind of, I, I just, you know, have a poor man's Fitbit, which is my, which is my belt. I uh, gave that up completely and have gone entirely with the drawstring Fitbit. Um, And as long as I can still tie it, uh, I'm okay. It's, uh, that's where I'm drawing that line. I I just ordered a new belt and uh, unfortunately or fortunately when I got it, uh, I, I noticed that the the smallest uh, the smallest option on it is the one that fits right now. So I I can't lose any weight because no, uh, it'd be irresponsible. Uh, right, right. So fiscally irresponsible. You can't just go that's, buy that's another right. belt. I'm not going to go all willy nilly spending thirty dollars for no reason. Come on, I'll just man. be fat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is funny with the sweatpants, you know, and, you know, you, you, you know, it's, it's odd, you know, kind of the things we wear below the waist when we're working at home and sweatpants, of course, is one of those. And oddly enough, I've never sweat in a pair of sweatpants. Right. <laughs> right. I, never uh, I am almost exclusively in the basketball shorts um, for my wardrobe and I don't play basketball. <laughs> so I'm right yeah. there with you. And, and I just don't wear anything from the waist down. Hey, there we are. <laughs> I've seen your uh, I've seen your videos, Aaron, about. Yeah, uh, okay, I think that we're definitely going to need to clarify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know the unemployed alcoholic videos. Wait, that's not yeah, helping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it was on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
that's my story. Yeah, that was a fun video to shoot where I talked about the t- the key to working from home is to dress up in a suit and tie, and then of course I get up yeah. and and there's a surprise for I you know I've got a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is I do plan on donating my body to science. Yes, they have to take it. Um, but I have a feeling that when they cut me open, they're going to look inside and they're going to go, this guy had a terrible diet. But I hope they say, but wow, does he have great marbling. <laughs> you know, it's tough to lose weight, you know, and... and uh, it's, it's especially tough to lose weight when you're trying to always be the bigger person. Uh, I love that one. <laughs> that's, uh, that's right up my my uh, my cheese alley of uh, of jokes. There, thank you for yeah. doing that, Gary. Yeah, I appreciate very it. Very punny. I guess the next question I have for you is, um, you know, how do you go about? Um, the comedy process uh do you find yourself where you sit down and you say okay i'm gonna write something or you you observe something you take a note uh, how, how do you write your material or come up with it yeah i think um yeah i think the the process for me started about two or three years ago and christine was kind of the driver of me even getting into comedy she um i kept talking about it and talking about it and I'll talk about things all the time and then never do anything. So she actually bought me a course to Second City. Um, so you want to do stand up up in over in Chicago. And so then it forced me. And part of that coursework was to develop a five minute set. So um, I work best. I mean, I think once I started doing comedy, it's kind of like when you buy a new car, you see that car everywhere. You know, it's like, oh, there's a Toyota Camry. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. So I think once I acknowledged that, you know, I was thinking about comedy and I started to look thing, look at things from a, a comedic or a funny perspective, um, then that created some material. And, and I like to really do material that's related to as much as I can to the audience that I'm going to, but also about me. I don't really do a lot of, of material that isn't something that I don't know a lot about related to the subject matter. So I think that's, you know, one of the things that I try to focus on. But I think if I have a focal point, you know, where I have a show that I'm going to go to, um, that really um, accelerates um, avoiding the procrastination of sitting down (laughs) and doing material. So I think, you know, part of it is having a purpose and having a goal. Sometimes I have a specific subject that I'll just sit down. I went through a couple exercises where, you know, I'll just randomly sit here and I'll see, oh, there's my, you know, there's my pen or there's, uh, there's my glass. And so I'll just create content related to that as a mental exercise to kind of go through and force the creative process. Um, inherently, I've always felt like I've been better uh, from an improvisational standpoint than I have from a stand-up perspective. But um, I really try to force the creativity a bit and really think about topics and think about things and kind of think about the week before and say, what, what have I been learning? And sometimes I'll write things down. I'll see things and I'll look at it in a funny way. But a lot of times I'll just think about the topics and the things that, that I can relate to. And I think my audience can relate to and just start crafting material. And the material seems to get better the closer to my show. So it, uh, it's good. It just, That's it better. Just, That's excellent. Just, right? It just usually works that way for me. And, and so I, you know, and I, I try to go through a routine where I do write a little bit 
uh, each day or a little bit to keep kind of the, the, the mental gymnastics of comedy in my mind and just kind of trying to put things in a, in a comedic perspective, just daily life. Because, you know, I think during, during COVID and, and all the other things related to it, uh, people need laughter more than ever. They, mm-hmm. they need that. And, um, and I have, uh, I had taken a bit of a time off on Twitter. I used to post every day on Twitter. So I have about 6,500 followers on Twitter and used to use that as a venue to do that. And I've kind of taken a little bit of a step back from that and, but have still been writing and thinking about material uh, as I go forward, but I am looking forward to getting back, getting back on stage and interacting with the crowd. I think that's really where, where I really enjoy being. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to get there. So there are some shows now, as you know, opening back up and I'm, I'm excited to get back, Mm -hmm. uh, get back on the, on the stage and interact with people. I think, I think I miss dodging the women's lingerie on stage too. I think that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. I can, I can can relate to that. Not the women's lingerie thing. Uh, That's (laughs) I I have not had that experience yet, but, but having that kind of deadline or that, uh, line in the sand that, okay, I have to have this material uh, honed for this show at this time. That's a, that's a big driver. And it's easy to, uh, it's easy to fall out of the habit or, or just flat out, uh, you kind of alluded to this, but to flat out, just not feel like being funny. I found myself in that uh, quite a bit over this period. I can imagine you not feeling funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was out loud, wasn't it? <laughs> I think it depends on what you wear below, you know. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can always go with a prop joke. That, that always. You know, I have a friend that's a smoker, and uh, he's trying to quit smoking. So I, I, it's an admirable goal. And so um, he used to church, serve on a church board with me. And so I had a congregation member come to me and say, you know, I'm not sure this smoker should be on the church board. And I'm kind of concerned that whether he'll go to heaven or not. And I I looked at her and I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll go to heaven. He'll just get there sooner. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you for giving me. I want to make sure we got the uh, closeout applause there as you. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, um, we have not done a, a ton of, uh, uh, church shows, uh, yet, uh, Aaron and I had, had been booking some things and so on before COVID hit, but, um, as, as you mentioned there, you know, um, you, you had that church audience and, and I think that's one of those great opportunities where you say, okay, I already know what to expect from this audience. I've got a pretty good idea of, who they are, what they value, what are the universalisms for them, that kind of thing. Um, how can you uh, shape what you say and what you do to the audience that you have at that particular time? So how did that influence the set that you did that night? It, yeah, it did a lot. I mean, I've, I had not done um, a church group or specifically to a church group in a long time. So it was, I was very focused on kind of the church experience. And so the previous joke that I had did was one that I had created, um, Aaron, as we talked about, like the day before. And I was thinking about all, what are those common issues that you have in a church environment? You know, people picking out their seat, you know, and they always sit in the same spot. 
And mm-hmm. so that that's when that the joke came across where, you know, I'm sitting next to my mother and and she, you know, she says I'm in Phyllis's spot, which it wasn't Phyllis wasn't the name to protect the innocent, but um, <laughs> sitting sitting in Phyllis's spot and and it, you know, it's like, well, you know, you need to move. And it's like, you know, uh, the the whole thing about, you know, if you go to heaven, don't be too disappointed if you see Phyllis sitting at the right hand of God instead of Jesus, because she's pretty <laughs> sure that's her seat. So <laughs> there's nobody going to move Phyllis from her seat. <laughs> that's correct. That's right. So <laughs> Jesus, you got to, you, yeah. you got to get a folding chair and, you know, work it out, <laughs> yeah. you know, but no, that joke specifically came about when I was thinking about, you know, what are the common, what are the common experiences that we have at church, you know, and thinking about, kind of that whole environment of the formalness mm-hmm. of church and talking about, you know, picking one of the other jokes was picking, you know, um, Chardonnay as my communion wine mm-hmm. uh, during that experience as well, you know, cause my, my home church is a little bit more formal than what I'm used to up here. Yeah. So yeah, just, so just trying to gear that toward the audience specifically. And I got to tell you the, the voyage church audience was phenomenal. Uh, oh, they were really, really into it. Um, they were, you know, very attentive. They interacted and uh, they were there to laugh. And, uh, yeah. and, and that was great. That was a great experience. And as you guys know, you go into, I think one of the biggest challenges of comedy and why I do it the reason I started to do it was the challenge of not only public speaking, but, but also, you know, I've told the same joke, you know, a day later in the same area (laughs) with a different audience that has been wildly successful versus, you know, a dud. And so it, you know, it's been one of those things where, you you know, you've got to know your audience, you've got to know the timing, you've got to know the delivery, you've got to know um, uh, kind of, what the content is and all those things related to it. And sometimes you still fail. And I think that's the thing that challenges me and keeps me going up there is failure uh, of the challenge of always doing better. And I think it reminds me as an individual that I am short. It constantly reminds me and and checks my ego. (laughs) I think comedy is a great ego checker because you get up there and some days you can just kill it. And then other days you can walk away and go, why am I doing this? I, I remember when I was at the comedy, when I was at the Second City training and um, my teacher said, you know, you, in your first few sets, you need to stick to the script. You need to make sure that you hone your skills. Don't don't um, improv with any of the audience. Don't interact. Just just work your material and you really get it down. And the first set that I did, um, I went off script uh, probably just out of pure nervousness and forgetting uh-huh. what I was going to do. And I got the most laughs ever. So I think the the message in that is there is no right answer. <laughs> there is no, there's, there's no perfection uh, with it. It is, it is an art, not a science, but I do think there's elements of science that you can implement. I know Jerry Seinfeld is an example of, of having a system and a, a rhythm rhythm to comedy and very methodical in his approach. But I do think you have to be willing to move with the crowd and and be able to be flexible enough to realize that, you know, each audience is different. And again, that goes back to knowing your audience, knowing who you're talking to, valuing that relationship and realizing that there's going to be some times where you miss. An important phrase that I learned uh, early on was, uh, to bomb gracefully. <laughs> and, and, you know, that was the one thing that I, 
that that helped me when I first did my first couple of sets is I had a response for when it was going to die. You know what I mean? I had <laughs> I had a joke related to the the you know bombing so that I I felt like I could pull that out of my back pocket and laugh at myself and hopefully the audience would recognize that I was laughing at my I mean self deprecation gets most of the laughs, honestly, for me. <laughs> uh, so it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to set something up. And that made me feel more at ease going up there that I had this. And, and about the fourth or fifth time you performed and you're like, man, I just, I got to do worse so I can do this bombing <laughs> bit. <laughs> no, I use that. I use that joke every time on the first three. <laughs> <laughs> <Very nice>. <laughs> <laughs> well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, check out my other podcast as well. It's called A Quick Chat with the Unemployed Alcoholic. In that podcast, uh, we take a deep dive into who people are, what's going well in their lives, and what they're struggling with. I know I'm always amazed at how deep those conversations go and how much I learn about other people and even about myself through just a quick chat. Find it everywhere by searching A Quick Chat with the Unemployed Alcoholic. Well, Gary, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about uh, who you are and your comedic process and journey and all that. Uh, what's one thing that's uh, going well in your life right now? Yeah, I think uh, I think the job, uh, my new job is going well, I'm meeting a lot of people, learning a, new, a lot of new things, um, getting kind of back into the swing of, of uh, what I do uh, in marketing. So I think that's going really well. Um, I think uh, my wife and I, are uh, getting along fairly well, being in close quarters and close proximity. I consider that a victory as well. Uh, I'm actually um, able to hear what she's saying two rooms away now, which is uh, encouraging. She's uh, <laughs> commented on that. So I think, uh, I th no, I think things uh, and you know, we're trying to, trying to stay in touch with, uh, with our family as best we can and uh, trying to get out and, and, uh, exercise and do the things that we need to do um, as things start to lift. I'm really excited. I got a, a really nice haircut last week, so I'm pretty, mm. pretty happy about that. Um, I'm actually thinking about visiting my barber every week just for the social interaction. <laughs> and uh, but so, no. so it sounds like there's three things there. Uh, it sounds like with the new job, economically, things are okay. Sounds like relationship thing wise, uh, you and your wife are doing well. And then uh, perhaps most importantly there, as far as the rule of threes go, uh, you're looking good with the new haircut, huh? Yeah, that's Darn tootin'. That's, I think that's, I think that's helping the relationship with the wife as well. I think that's really, well, well, both, both points A and C there will help with the relationship with the wife. I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I found myself, uh, after several months with no haircut, finally they, uh, opened up the place where I get my haircut and it's the, my pastor's wife cuts, uh, my hair and, and my wife's hair as well. Um, and it was really great to see her and great to talk to her and, um, and honestly, it was just really good to to get the haircut as well, and uh, and feel like okay, yeah, I look the way that I feel like I should look again. It was this stranger in the mirror for a while there. Did you ever get to that <laughs> point over the last few months? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I mean, you always look in the mirror every day, uh, and you know, it <laughs> it was like I, I mean, at some point when you're you know you're growing your hair and then your your weight fluctuates and you look in the mirror and go, what what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do to improve yourself? Because this is not looking good. No, nope, just because nobody can see you. I mean, I think it does. I, I think. You know, there is something too. I, I you know I've heard some conversations before to, you know, in the routine part of the conversation we had earlier is just to make sure that you get up and you take care of yourself and, and you do the kinds of things you need to. And I think it affects your behavior and your attitude of how you approach your work and how you approach your relationships and all the things that you do. So if you get into a situation where, you know, there is that somewhat of a visual decline, as I would call it, um, in your appearance, uh, you know, which is enough when you're aging, you know, but, but I think it's, you know, I think you got to do that. And I think, you know, we take the little things for granted, a haircut, you know, is something that we just presume we would, will we'll do once a month or whatever. And, and, uh, to go back and, and to have that feeling was just amazing. So it's, uh, it's the little things in life that, you know, Gary, that is an excellent point. Uh, I know myself, when I look in the mirror, the person looking back at me, what I see, it'll actually depend on where I'm at in my mind, you know, where I'm, how I'm doing emotionally, you know, the, the, the haircut, the weight, the things like that. Uh, those will oftentimes look worse if I'm not emotionally in a good place. Right. It can, it can, yeah, it can translate definitely. And I, and I saw that. So I, I tried to keep a routine and a mindset that, you know, shaving and doing, you know, doing things on a regular basis, um, you know, changing my sweatpants once a week, those kinds of things mm. were important. So I Ch- changing your sweatpants. That's a good, that's a good takeaway <laughs> for all of us. Uh, change your sweatpants once a week, whether you need it or not. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right, Gary. Now, those uh, sound like wonderful things that are going well. Uh, what's something that you're struggling with? Well, I think um, I think a lot of us are going through this as well. But one of the things I'm struggling with particularly um, in comedy is, as an example of that is just, you know, I've had some time that, you know, to be alone. And I think the, the loneliness factor of being that and being in isolation sometimes for extended periods of time at home. Um, you know, and working can be a bit challenging to keep your mind, you know, like I said, a routine, keep your mind focused. And so um, I think that loneliness and isolation, particularly for me, who's who's a fairly social person, um, can be very challenging. I think also, you know, it, it has been good to be introspective of, you know, who I am and what I'm doing and where I want to go. Um, but, you know, one of the things a couple a couple of years ago um, I had sorted through in terms of my life goals and I had, had come to the conclusion that I wanted to make someone laugh every day. And so that can manifest itself in a variety of different ways. Uh, but, um, you know, when you're kind of sitting here in isolation and you question yourself a lot and you say, you know, should I, am I really that funny? Can I really make a difference? It's not just comedy. I'm just using comedy as an example. There's a variety of different things that you can question um, your purpose and question uh, yourself and a lot of different, your confidence and your abilities. So I think the, the COVID and the isolation sometimes has challenged me, um, 
challenged my confidence and challenged uh, my purpose at times. So I think that's probably the thing that I've struggled the most with is that isolation and that ability, um, you know, for things to get in my head that aren't healthy in terms of uh, shaking my confidence and my ability to kind of move forward and, and be the best person that I could be. Yeah. Uh, Gary, you had mentioned that your children are out of the house, that you're empty nesters and uh, that they're, where, where are they at? They're in, uh, one is in Illinois, one is in California and one is in Florida. Yeah. So you've got them all over the country and I'm sure that's, that's difficult. Um, you, you've got the blessing, you've got the fortunate situation to be able to work from home with this new career opportunity that you have. But that's also isolation. That's correct. Yeah, I think that, yeah. And yeah, I think that, I think it can be good. Uh, and like I said, it can be very introspective and it can really allow you to focus on kind of what's important and placing the value on relationships and placing the value on the things that you don't have. You know, you really is, I think most people would would concur that you really don't know what you have until it's gone. So when, when things like that are removed, uh, it makes you value them much more, just like a haircut. Uh, so I, I think that's something that, you know, I, I'm going to take away as, you know, being, uh, looking at things from a half, uh, cup full perspective is looking at it saying, you know, I've weathered the storm on some of these things. Um, but I do, I do have, um, challenges with my confidence and my ability to to see what what am I really here for? What's my purpose, and what what can I do to make a difference? And I know you know as you guys are friends on Facebook with a lot of uh, social uh, social media with a lot of other comedians, and I've seen a lot of comments from comedians saying, you know what, I'm going to take a break from comedy right now, or I'm not really sure, you know, with with uh, no live performances, whether you know whether I should even be doing this anymore and people taking sabbaticals and kind of leaving from those things. And, um, you know, I think that's good for people if that's, you know, what they choose to do. And that's, that gives them a chance to kind of take a step back and, and look at things. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing. I also know that, you know, as I mentioned before, I think the world needs comedy more than ever, whether it's through yeah. electronic yeah. medium like we're doing now or um, whatever means, uh, there still needs to be, um, you know, people having the ability to laugh um, at each other and at themselves as well. Yeah. And I mean, you just nailed it right there. Um, the world, us included, you know, even us that are in uh, situations that are far more isolated than we're used to, far more isolated than we're comfortable with. Uh, we need to laugh. And that's one of the reasons why I enjoy getting together on this podcast and just talking with people, uh, because we did get to chuckle a little bit uh, throughout this and just have that connection, even if it's voice-to-voice -voice as opposed to face-to-face, -face, you know, uh, we can laugh a little bit. And the other thing I want to say, Gary, is you, my friend, are a very talented comedian. You are funny. You can you can connect with a room full of people and bring joy to them, and that is a that's a gift, man. Uh, so don't don't forget that when you look in the mirror. Thank you. When you I, see I yourself, that. yeah. When you see yourself looking back, uh, just know that that is somebody who's 
talented, that's somebody who's gifted, and that's somebody who can bring joy and does bring joy into the world. Thank you. Yeah, I think, and I think, Aaron, I think, you know, I, I appreciate your comments and I appreciate you and what you bring to the table as a comedian as and Brian as well, um, but also, you know, who you are as individuals. And, uh, you know, it's the whole package. And uh, I appreciate you guys as well and, and the opportunity to be able to share, you know, share tonight um, the good, the bad, and the funny. <laughs> yeah. He's a marketing guy. Yeah, yeah. he, he can recognize a good tagline when he hears it. I feel like I, Brian. I feel like I need to use my announcer voice with you when yeah. I'm on there. You know, like you've got mail. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> my gosh, you're right. <laughs> Easy. Ooh, I just. <laughs> yeah, I. Are you, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, are you seeing anyone right now? <laughs> well. Gary, thank you so much for being on the show. If people wanted to find you, if they were uh, trying to see some more of your comedy, uh, get in touch with you while you're away or book you for a show, how should uh, people get in touch with you? Yeah, I think um, the, the best way is to reach me on my Facebook page, Gary Augustine Comedy. Um, I do have a couple of video clips out on YouTube as well, but the best place to reach me is, is Facebook on Gary Augustine Comedy. You can also see me and and thousands of one-liners uh, on Twitter as well at Gary underscore Augustine is my Twitter handle. So you can view me and 6,500 of my closest friends. You, Sweet. Uh, just for the record, I think at 6,500 Twitter followers, you might be the most Twitter famous person we've ever had on the show. True story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I, think I- I have, uh, I think I have hundreds somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred. I, I have, like I have uh, several dozen Facebook friends. Oh, nice! So. Yeah, there you go. It was so great having you on the church show uh, some months ago, and wonderful to have you on the podcast tonight. And uh, we'll make sure that we uh, post uh, links to you on Facebook and Twitter on the website uh, cleancomedytime.com. And uh, it's great having you here. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Great. I, I appreciate the, the opportunity to be here, and thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 